0: It's actually an exciting time where I can announce that Pastor David Hall from Adelaide is going to be preaching the message of God to us on this Pentecost Sunday. Would you check out Pastor David Hall? Good morning. Pastor Justin, Pastor Chrissy, everyone at Presence Church right there in Surfers Paradise. Hope you're doing great. And I wish I could actually be physically with you, but I can't. But it is such an honour uh, to be able to bring the word to you guys today on Pentecost Sunday. I have a huge, uh, a huge love in my heart for your church. In 1995, when I was just a teenager, my dad did, I want to say, like a seven-week revival there when Pastor Richard and Pastor Erica were leading the church there. And, and, uh, and so every night of the week, power of God was falling in that place and out of your house has come some of the nation's great pastors and leaders, and you're a house of revival, you're a house of the presence of God, obviously uh, you acknowledge that, but you are a, an inspiration to us, and I look forward to us pulling together, uh, walking together in the future and the things that God has for us, because I believe on the other side of COVID, is going to be the greatest revival we've ever seen, and so it really is my privilege to be with you, and on behalf of Donna, my wife, and our church, thank you, thank you for having us uh, minister to you today, and I'm believing that. God's going to do something. Hey, you are great leaders there too, by the way. Pastor Justin, Pastor Chrissy, I honour you. Uh, you are the people for this hour to see Queensland touched with the power of God. And so it's an honour to be with you this morning. So we're going to get the word uh, on Pentecost Sunday. So if you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Acts in chapter 1. And we're going to get in the Word this morning, the great Pentecostal passage in the Word of God, Acts chapter 1. And I want to have a look at verse 1 for just a moment, reading from the New King James today. It says this, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And it goes on to say in verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of, of the father he commanded them or if you're from the eastern seaboard he commanded them if you're south african he commanded them he commanded them he commanded them what it's it's a very strong word that we tend to just gloss over a little bit but when God commands you to do something, how many know that's a significant thing? When God gives you a command, we we have countries that have laws that are based upon the commandments of God. There is not a Christian I know all over the world that does not believe in the 10 commandments. No matter, no matter who they are, they're not going, you know what, we embrace seven of them, but there's three. You know, we're good with bearing false witness and, and, and that's fine. There, there's not a Christian... Christian in the world, whether you're Pentecostal, whether you're Word of Faith, whether you're Baptist or Anglican or Salvation Army or or whoever you might be, there is not a Christian on the planet that does not believe in the full counsel of the Ten Commandments. So we believe in the Ten Commandments. God gave them to Moses and we believe they are right. They're inspired by God and that is how we live and serve God, conducting ourselves as believers. Not only that, we also embrace the fact that Jesus says in John 13, 34, he gives us a new commandment to love one another as he loved us. Then in Matthew 23, Jesus goes a bit further. So we've got the 10, now we've got 11. And then he jumps in and says, I've got two more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and mind and love your neighbour as yourself. The whole Christian world is in agreement that 10 commandments plus three commandments here given by Jesus are essential to living a godly life and, and doing the work of Christianity and serving Jesus. We embrace that. We believe that without a shadow of a doubt. That is what we believe. Here, Jesus says, I've got one more commandment. He's talking to the same people. He's saying, uh, don't don't depart from Jerusalem. In other words, he, he commanded them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise of the Father, and that's the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus understood that in order for us to do what God's called us to do, we have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We we have to have the fire of the Holy Spirit on the inside of our heart. We cannot do what God's called us to do without the anointing of the Spirit of God. When, when we start talking about greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And and church, I tell you, I believe with all of my heart that there's a new anointing of God. God coming upon planet Earth, but I want to—I want to grab a hold of the commandment of God and, and 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 be full of the power of the the Spirit. I love my neighbor as myself. I don't cover my wife's. Uh, i don 't know dingo i 'm not coveting anything i 'm not bearing false witness i 'm not committing adultery we 're not murdering these are these are still our values as a church at life Point church we we don 't murder uh, we try and avoid that we try and avoid uh, any appearance of evil, but Jesus gives us commands that are not uh, rules of things that we shouldn't do but there 's some commands that are things we do need to do, and some of those things that are go after God loving Jesus, loving people, but being filled with the holy Ghost. I'm a Pentecostal, so I love Pentecost Sunday, I love I love this day, this is my favourite Sunday of the year, this is, I, I like Christmas because I get presents, I don't get presents on Pentecost Sunday, but I did get one gift, and that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that's a gift that keeps on giving, and keeps me alive in Jesus, and bless God, I'm having a good time, I hope you are, wherever you're watching today, I'm believing that God's going to touch you in your home, in your car, you might be in your mother-in-law's living room, I even God can move there in the name of Jesus. Verse 4, we said, being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. For John, verse 5, truly baptised with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. I don't know where you are, but why don't you just shout the word power for just a little a little bit. I know you're in lockdown, but you still let the power of God touch you wherever, wherever your house is. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll be witnesses in Auckland. In New Zealand and to the ends of the earth, or Adelaide, South Australia, Australia to the ends of the earth, or America, or the ends of the earth, wherever you might be. You might be watching this right now. Do you know New Zealand is actually the ends of the earth? Literally, it's the ends of the earth because uh, it's the furthermost place from Jerusalem where Jesus made the command, go and wait and be filled with power, and, and and it'll go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When you in New Zealand are praying in the Spirit, you are the totality of the fulfillment of the prophetic word of Jesus that the gospel will go from the furthest place in Jerusalem all across the world. So if you're in Taronga right now, that is the furthermost place in the world from Wellington. If you're in, sorry, not Wellington, you're close to Wellington, from Jerusalem. If you're in Wellington, it's the furthermost capital city in the world from Jerusalem. And so this gospel has been fulfilled. He said, you'll receive power. It'll go to the far corners of the world whether it's in Los Angeles whether it's in Auckland whether it's in Adelaide or Johannesburg or Hong Kong or Phnom Penh or Moscow or Beijing or Shanghai or wherever it is it's fulfillment that this Power isn't just limited in one place, but it can go anywhere by the grace of God. We're all worried because a virus escaped one part of the world and it spread. What can a church on fire do for the glory of God in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. I can hear your amens. They're very powerful. Kurabashata. He says you'll receive power. And then... Then he says, "Now when these things were spoke, when he had spoken these things, they watched. And he was taken up, and a cloud received them, received him out of their sight." It's interesting. The command of Jesus was to wait. He says, "Go and wait." But then in Matthew twenty-eight, Mark sixteen, he says, "Go into all the world." So is it go, or is it wait? I mean, it's one of these. Divine paradoxes in Scripture, it's a divine dichotomy because he says go, but then he says wait. Which is which? Is which? Uh, waiting was simply receiving the power to go. He wants us to go into all the world, but first he wants us to have that power yeah. to go into all the world. In the name of Jesus, and I believe with all of my heart, there's, a, there's an anointing of God that's available for you and I. If we dare to believe God, there is power. There, there, there is anointing for us to go into all the world and carry the power of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, go. But then he says, wait. So what are we going to do? We're going to go, wait, go. That'll work. I want to I look at this. We're talking about Pentecost. We're talking about the baptism in the Spirit. You know, all through the book of Acts, there are six different expressions given for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I just want to talk about those, stir your faith a little bit, and then at the end, I'm going to pray for the anointing of heaven to touch every person. And and I'm believing that God is going to touch people all over this world, this Pentecost Sunday with a fresh anointing from heaven in the name of Jesus. Bible tells us in Acts chapter one, verse five, Jesus says, you'll be baptized in the Spirit baptised in the Spirit. One of the six terms I want to look at this morning is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism, we identify that now in our English language as a, it's a Christian word. I mean, if you, if you tell one of your friends, hey, after lockdown, we're gonna, I'm going to get baptised, they might not know the theology behind it, but they'll know it's a church thing. It's a, it's a Christian thing. And so the reason that's so significant is because when Jesus used the word, baptism hadn't really happened. I mean, John was baptising a few people, so maybe John the Baptist, he, he was also using that term, but it was unprecedented because this hadn't been taking place before. So when he used that term, he's not using a term that existed. Everyone went, okay, that means to dunk someone under the water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They get up in newness of life, identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They had to borrow a secular word to explain a kingdom principle. Let me explain this. Right now in our English language, we don't just use the word baptism. We use it really there in in the context of baptism in water or baptism in the Spirit. But baptism now, we have many different words for the specific genre that we're trying to explain the principle of baptism. For example, if a boat was to perish at sea, we would say that boat, ha- ha- if, it, if it was to sink, we'd say the boat sank or sunk. I never know whether it sank or sunk, but it's one of those two, depending where you're from. If you're from New Zealand, it's sunk. If you're from Melbourne, it's sank. If you're from Adelaide, it's sank or sunk. We can go either way. We're flexible. Now, the, the, reason, the reason that's significant is because we would use the word, the boat has sunk, but they didn't have that word in Jesus' time or John the Baptist's time. They'd say the boat was baptised, and they would explain it this way. Because at one point, the boat was in the water, but now the water is in the boat. That's what Pentecost is. We can get in the presence of God in church, but it's not just about the presence of God, uh, us getting in the presence and getting in the anointing. It's the anointing getting in us, getting, getting upon us. I, I don't want to just be in the room when the Spirit of God's moving. I want the Spirit of God moving in me. And that's why as a church, I try to teach all the time about the baptism in the Holy Spirit because I don't want our people to just be familiar with the presence of God. I want the fire of God on the inside of them. Baptism, when we die assured, we don't really do that much these days, but when we dye a cloth, we use the word dye, but they didn't have that word. Then they would use the word baptise, because they would put the, the, the fabric in the dye, and they would pull it out when, 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 the, when, the, uh, when the dye had fused to the fabric, and so they would leave it in long enough that no longer was the fabric in the dye, but now the dye is in the fabric. That's what baptism is. Church, I want to encourage you. You might attend a Spirit-filled church where they shout, where they clap, where they press into God, but I want to remind you today uh, that that while you're in that atmosphere, that atmosphere can get into you. You can be a walking, Holy Spirit-filled believer that carries a mantle of heaven in your life, baptised in the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Number two, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, Jesus goes on, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Comes upon you. This is significant. Because when you got saved, the Holy Spirit indwelled you. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you. I think of Samson. And I've seen people's drawings of Samson and he has huge muscles. You know, he's he's built like a, I mean, he is a, he's a machine. His massive arms, massive muscles. I mean, if he checks his watch, which in those days was just a little piece of rock with a stick, and you had to. But when he when he would check his when he'd check his watch, just by squeezing his arm, the button would fly off his shirt and take out a Pharisee. Actually, this is not true. they they, they weren't there yet. I don't think. But what I do know is that the Bible suggests that he didn't look that way. Yes. Otherwise, Delilah, when he had his head in the wrong lap, keep your, your head close to Jesus, don't have, his downfall was having his head in, in the lap of, of disaster. But, but, but right there, Delilah said to him, what did, he, what did she say? Samson, what's the secret to your strength? If he was walking around big arms and massively huge, well, it's not a secret. She says, what's the secret to your strength? And can I tell you the beautiful thing about Samson's strength that came, because very many times you'll read through the book of Judges, you'll see in the Word that the Holy Spirit or the hand of God came Upon Samson, and boom, strength came into his spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you might not get physical strength, but you will get strength in your spirit. Acts will tell you, you get boldness. The places are shaken. You get filled with the power to walk into an impossible situation like Peter and John. I mean, one minute Peter's denying Jesus, he's too, too ashamed to even admit that he's a follower of Christ, but then the power of God comes upon him, and then what happens? He goes to a man. Who's lame and he says, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, such as I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I encourage you to believe God again for a fresh touch of the power of the Holy Spirit? Number three, the Bible says that they were they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two and verse four. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that He He fully furnished them. And when I when I when we bought our house, we didn't have everything sorted. You know, I see houses even in our, in, in our street. New houses are going up. You can tell they, they're, they're obviously just budgeting to try and get things sorted. Their driveway's not fully done. So they've got maybe wood on there until they can save some money to get the driveway done or they haven't got their curtains done. because You can see the bed sheet pegged to the curtain rail uh, in the window. And you know what they're trying to do? They're building their house because they're going bit by bit. They're budgeting. And, and so when, when, when we see the word filled, it actually means furnished. And so we can get the idea... That, that when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit he gives us a spiritual house but he doesn't leave it with sheets being hung with pegs or, or a dirty driveway or flooring not yet done. He doesn't just give you the house, he furnishes it. Why? Because he's a God of provision both spiritually and naturally speaking. He's a, a good God. He's a good Holy Ghost and, and when he fills you, he fills you and he furnishes you with goodness, with grace, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the power of God and you can know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the We don't need to be in lack as a church. I believe we should be the most blessed place on planet Earth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I feel like I could just about run around this building right now in the name of Jesus. Number four. It's prophesied by Joel. And Peter preaches it. He says, he quotes Joel. He says, In the last days, saith, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I know that different churches have different eschatology. But if Jesus, or sorry, Peter said this is the last days, well then we're in the last seconds. And uh, and I hope you don't mind, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but we are living in times we never thought we'd ever see. We're seeing pestilence, and not only is there pestilence, but there's famine. In our nation right here, there's bushfires, the likes we haven't seen. There's an acceleration of some crazy signs that uh, the coming of the Lord is drawing near. And I don't know about you, but I I want to be ready for that day. And and, and Peter declares it. He says, in the last days, we're in them right now. I will pour out out my spirit I love the idea of pour out he actually says in the King James I'll pour out of my spirit in other words I'm going to pour out of myself myself upon you I'm going to pour out my anointing my person my power upon the church and the church is going to rise in the power of God but I love the fact that he doesn't just say I'll pour out my spirit he says I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh that's everybody. That tells me there's enough to go around. That tells me that the anointing's not in short supply. That tells me that this anointing, when it gets on one and then jumps to another, it's it's not a virus, man. It's a, it's a it's a it's a power that can shake the world. I I pray. I I'm glad Jesus never social distance. He knew what he carried, and he he didn't wear a mask. He didn't social distance. He he spat in dirt and put it on some guy's eyes. He. T- Touched Peter's mother-in-law. He breathed <laughs> on his disciples. Some people think that that means he blew on them. <laughs> he didn't blow on them <laughs> because if the Bible, if, if he blew on them, the Bible, would say that he, he blew on them. <laughs> he didn't blow. <laughs> he breathed. <laughs> My Bible tells me that he breathed. <laughs> Jesus didn't social distance. Jesus. Got right in there and put his hands on people. He touched lepers. Everyone would have said, you're unclean. But the problem is, the leprosy couldn't jump to him because the dunamis jumped to them. They got healed and in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff going around. You can turn on CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. You can turn on uh, NZ1. You can turn on the ABC here. Not, Not that you would. You can turn on Channel 9 here, Channel 7 here. Wherever you are in the world, you can turn on the news and there's a a lot of bad news, but Jesus said this good news of the kingdom will be preached right across the earth and then the end will come. I want to tell you the gospel of Jesus is still alive. The gospel of Jesus is still powerful. The gospel of Jesus is still living. And, and, and one 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 encounter with the power of that gospel, with the person of that gospel, Jesus Christ, and everything changes. There's enough power in the blood of Jesus to deliver all of mankind. There's enough power in the Holy Spirit spirit to start a move of God that's going to shake the world for the glory of Jesus. Come on, somebody, shout hallelujah if you can. Woo, bless God. Man. i tell you, I, I feel this in my bones. I'm so pumped to be able to talk to you. Preach this right across the world. There's a fresh wind. used to sing this old song the wind is blowing again the wind is blowing again just like the days of Pentecost the wind is blowing again I feel the winds blowing again in our nation the winds of the Spirit of God in America in New Zealand in Canada in South Africa, in Zambia, in China, in the Middle East, right across Europe, right across the Pacific Islands, Cook Islands, Tonga, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Fiji, Papua New Guinea. I'm telling you right now, we need to believe God for the greatest move of God we've ever seen in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, I'll pour out my spirit. Then he says in Acts 5, oh, sorry, Acts ten forty four. It really it tells us that 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 that, that uh, uh, Peter was preaching to Cornelius's house, and he said, and he says, while well, Peter was preaching, the Bible says the Holy Spirit fell. I want to look at this in two ways because it's very interesting. There's two, there's really two points in one. That word "fell" is the same word that we see in the. Original language for embrace for the prodigal son and the embrace that the father gave him. Oh man, when the Spirit of God comes on you, he gets you, he holds you. The Holy Spirit's not just power. He's a person and, and he's God. He's as much God as Jesus is. He's as much God as God the Father. If I, That's why when I talk about the Holy Spirit, you won't hear me say, oh man, I feel it in this place. He's not an it. He's a he. He's a person. That's the same as I wouldn't get up and point to a cross and say, aren't you glad it died for us 2,000 years? It didn't die for us. Jesus. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, the incarnation, the fullness of the Godhead bodily died for you and for me. And he has a name and his name's Jesus. And and the Holy Spirit, he's a person, he's real. He'll come into your world. He won't just go, here, here's some anointing. He's not a bird. He's a person. He's real. He's the one that flicked that switch of the new birth. When you accepted Christ as the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit regenerated you and you were born again. The Holy Spirit fell. But then Peter recounts this moment when the Holy Spirit fell. This is what Peter said. He said, as I began to speak in Acts 11. He's talking about when the Holy Spirit fell. He said, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. As at the beginning, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized in water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who is I that I could withstand God, he said, the Holy Spirit fell on them. This is six years later, as he did in the upper room on our first Pentecost Sunday. Our first time in that upper room where the wind of God blew and every head just spontaneously combusted under the anointing of God, spontaneous cranial combustion. Started speaking in new tongues. I'm a tongue talker. Some people go, oh, you, you know, we just shouldn't talk about speaking in tongues in church. Can I tell you, speaking in tongues is not the only hard thing for us to actually get our head around. The virgin birth's a big one. Partaking of communion's a big one. Lifting our hands is a big one. Worshiping God. A bloody cross is a big thing. A resurrection from the dead is a big thing. Tongues to me is quite moderate in comparison with the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I guess today, I just want to stir your faith to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to fall. And when He does, He's doing a new thing. But it will be reminiscent of what He's done. I've been, I haven't been alive for all the moves of God. I wasn't alive on Pentecost. But I've experienced the same Pentecost that Peter did, that Luke did, that James did, that Mary, the mother of Jesus did. You know, some people forget that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room. And right now, all over the world, we light candles to Mary, and she's a big deal in some uh, liturgical churches. But you know, Mary was Pentecostal. Mary was charismatic. Mary had a prayer language. She was in the upper room. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Began to speak in other tongues. The Spirit gave them the ability... So he fell, embraced. When he embraced him in Acts chapter 10, Peter says it's just like he embraced us at the beginning. Who am I to have that embrace of the Spirit of God but not make it available to the people that I pastor and shepherd and lead? I want to encourage a leader, pastor. Trust the Holy Spirit to touch your church in greater measure. On the other side of COVID-19, I'm believing God that we're going to see the greatest move of the Holy Spirit we've ever seen in the name of Jesus. I declare it over my church. I'm believing God here in Adelaide at Life Point Church. We're going to see the greatest move of God. God spoke to me at the beginning of the year, said, David, it's a year of victory. And who would have thought that we'd get sucker punched by the flu? Like a bad, I'm not, I'm not trying to minimise it. I know people that have passed away from it. Uh, this thing's horrible. But who would have thought that this would cripple the world? But you know, I haven't, it hasn't left me. It's a year of victory. We're, we're, going, we're, we're not going to go under. We're going over. And we're going to win in the name of Jesus. Why? we the head, not the tail. Above and not beneath. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus and finally, in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, it said, it, Paul came to Ephesus, finding some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I said, We didn't even know we could. That word receive it's another expression of the baptism in the Spirit. What does receive mean? To violently seize, to grab a hold of by faith. I need the anointing of God to violently seize. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? We didn't know we could. There's a lot of Christians that don't know they can. But listen, right now, wherever you are, I'm gonna pray in just a minute. I'm gonna get you to lift your hands in just a moment. I'm gonna believe God for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart and touch your life in the name of Jesus, a fresh anointing from God. Did you receive the Holy Spirit violently, Seize the Holy Spirit. You know, here at our church a few, few months back, it might have been a year ago, we, we had a lady in our church, she's still in our church. And one Sunday morning, I was preaching on giving. It wasn't a message on, on faith or the fire of God or the Holy Ghost. It wasn't Pentecost Sunday. It wasn't a spiritual emphasis. I was talking about giving, financial freedom, and blessing. And, and at the end of the message, I'm just praying like I normally would. Next, next minute we had a lady and, and this lady it, she, was, she was pretty old and, and our youth pastor Andy when he tells a story he doesn't just say that she was old he says she was she was old she was she was so old that when she was a child the Dead Sea was still only sick she was <laughs> so old that they can only tell her age through carbon dating She's so old that her back goes out more than she does. You know, she's so old, this beloved sister. She's in her 90s. She's so old that on the way to church the other day, I thought the paparazzi were following her to church, but it was a team of archaeologists. That's a joke. That's a joke. It was the paparazzi. She's very famous. She falls out onto the power. And I thought the poor woman had hurt herself, so I... I don't know what you pastors are like, but I try to have non-verbal communication with my wife that I assume no one in the church can tell it's happening. It's kind of like. (laughs) So she runs over. Turns out this woman's having an encounter with God. And she had had real issues with dementia that comes with old age. And, and after prayer the power of God touched her and she had her language back she had her conversation back God restored to her to a measure of what the enemy had stolen and I've got good news for you he does miracles, he's supernatural but if we would place a demand and receive from the power of God we can see victory in every area of our life, he's a healer, he's a way maker in the name of Jesus can you shout amen wherever you are that's the end of the sermon and I love it just before I pray for people for the anointing of God. The most important thing you can do, most important thing in the world that you can do is surrender your life to Jesus. And maybe you're watching and you've never made a conscious decision to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're watching uh, in your home. Maybe you're watching... in a hotel room somewhere, or maybe you're watching because you've got Wi-Fi on an aeroplane, or maybe you're gathered in your small group and you're watching together. I don't know how you're watching this, but what I do know is it's not a mistake. And the other thing that I'm aware of by the Spirit of God, there's even people right now that, that someone in your house is watching this. They've chosen to watch it. You're not acting like you want to see it, but you're listening to what I'm saying right now. And I want to talk to you, the eavesdropper. I'm glad you eavesdropped because this was technically for you. And, and I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And, and and so I'm going to pray a prayer right now and give you an opportunity to find Jesus at the end of the message. Pastor's going to come and share with you your next steps on how to uh, engage with your church. Different churches do it different. So we have our own way. And so they're going to share the best way to help you get started with God. But I can tell you one of those is to watch again next week and get connected with your, with your church because you're part of a great community of believers. But I want to pray right now. And if you want Jesus. Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Maybe it's for the first time. Maybe you're back sitting and you're away from God and you know you need to come home to Jesus. Please, would you pray this after me? We're going to pray together. I'm going to ask those that are in our room right now, those that are watching at home, even if you're born again, pray out loud. Let's believe God for salvation to come into the hearts and lives of thousands of people in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for my sin. For the things I've done and for the way I've lived, please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me new, give me a new beginning. Right now, Lord Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for rising again for me. And thank you that you're alive right now. And from this moment... I am washed, I am cleansed, I am born again, and I am forgiven by the grace of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, this is what we're going to do. I want to pray for you. Maybe you need a fresh touch of the anointing of God. Maybe you need healing in your body. You need a miracle. We know a miracle worker. His name is Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He'll touch you. Back pain gets healed. Asthma gets healed. He's a God who heals cancer. He's a God who heals disease. He's a God that breaks the back of bondage and addiction. I nearly fell off my stage just there. Where he can heal a broken leg. Whatever you're facing. God is able and, and wants to touch you wherever you are. And so right now where you are, why don't you just extend your hands to heaven. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to do that which He can do. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, let your anointing touch homes, touch families, touch lives in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you that you're still moving and that you're still real. And by the power of God, I ask you deliver, set free, breakthrough, Lord, pour out your anointing upon people right now in the name of of Jesus. And Father, we give you thanks and Lord, we give you praise in Jesus name. And the church said together, amen. And amen. God bless you. Thanks for having me preach. It's such an honour and uh, you're part of a great church. Stay connected, lean in, keep tithing, keep giving, keep praying for your pastors, praying for the leaders because this is a testing time for all of us. So hold on, be faithful. On the other side of it, you'll be glad you did and you're keeping the kingdom of God alive on planet Earth. From Donna and I, everyone here at Life Point Church, Adelaide, South Australia, we love you. It's a privilege to be in your homes. God bless you. We'll see you soon.